Hi, my name is Xavier. I'm Allison. And this is Housewives Theory. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> We're very excited. To we are wildly excited. Yes, already talking over each the other. The coffee has been had. <laughs> the coffee cake just came out of the oven. <laughs> Courtesy of Allison. <laughs> This is a podcast that's not only for Bravo lovers, though we see you. Hi. Welcome. But for people who are curious, wondering, Ooh. should I watch Housewives? Yes. What is all of this about? Mm. I mean, I know that for me, I didn't want to watch it for years because I was like, there's just no way I'm going to be interested in it. And then I was sucked right in. And then so. for me, I was always kind of on the outside super intrigued because they were really fabulous, glamorous women. And I like identify as that. <laughs> I was like, what's my way in? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I also love this podcast and talking to people about Housewives in general because I personally take Housewives as serious as I take Succession on HBO. Come on, HBO. I know. Not me dropping HBO immediately. Not me thinking of Roman. Listen, we won't talk about it on Packet and Therapy. (laughs) Not now. We don't have time for that. But really, I mean, I I think that, you know, I take it seriously because it's something that I love to geek out over. I love when I'm talking to someone and they're like, oh, sorry, that's probably too much information. You probably don't remember that. I'm like, I remember it. And it's not too much information. This is a place to geek out. It's a safe space. I don't judge you for remembering the color of a housewife's shirt, the way that she looked at someone, what she ordered at a restaurant. I mean, like this podcast is supposed to be that moment when you're at a party Ooh. you're bored oh you've already circled the snack table 500 times the taco dip is on the plate <laughs> taco dip seven layers what honey parties am i going don't to? get it, the wrong ones apparently you're at a party you see someone across the room you accidentally make a housewives quote walking by them and they go do you watch housewives and you go, yeah do you and you spend the rest of the night talking about housewives and it's this perfect experience where for the first time you see each other that's what this podcast is though just a fun safe happy place because the world is crazy and people try to tell us that watching reality tv is a waste of time when i think it's the opposite absolutely to us real housewives is not a guilty pleasure it is peak television yes needs to be emmy nominated it's certainly peak pop culture it's a cultural touch point that isn't appreciated enough like what other show is as gifable or as quotable like there's no other that is quite like bravo's real housewives i think a lot of people don't watch housewives but they do know like the famous gif they do know the famous clip but they don't know what it's from and i think that says something 100 percent. okay so as ali said this is a podcast for everyone who is on their own housewives journey yes my housewives journey started back in like 2008-ish, I would say, 2009-ish. Whenever the first season of Real Housewives of New Jersey came out, I like casually watched it one summer with my aunt in West Virginia because that is where I'm from. Cool aunt. And I really liked it, but it wasn't until a couple years later that like the housewives bug hit me. And I remember really distinctly on I <laughs> not a bug. On, I- On iTunes, they had all the pilots of every franchise for free. And I downloaded all of them, watched all the pilots, and the one that caught my attention, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Oh, my God. It was all downhill from there. I also got to love iTunes doing that. I'm like, I miss that. They're giving. They're giving. Well, they gave. They gave. (laughs) We've moved on from iTunes, but we did appreciate them for what they were anyway. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. And Allison, I know your journey was different, though. Completely different. Mm -hmm. I mean, I am one of those people that started it during pandemic. So when they were like, we're locking down... I was like, well, I guess I'm finally effing watching The Housewives. I mean, I kind of started it. Um, I didn't know if I wanted to continue with it. And then I got sick and I was on bed rest. And I was like, well, I'm really in it now. And I watched all of New York so fast. 
<laughs> too fast, some might say. I mean, I never, never, no, never. But to the point now where I'm excited to go back and rewatch it because I feel like I just consumed it so quickly because I loved it so much. Yeah. And I forced my boyfriend to watch it with me and he pretended the like Christian he didn't like it. But, you know, just like every other straight man secretly liked it. <laughs> watching okay. in the background. Did it just get hot in here? <laughs> No, my entry point was definitely New York. And I was like, if any of the other franchises are even a little bit like this, I'm going to like them. So, Uh, And here we are. And here we are, all of the franchises later. (laughs) (laughs) A little about ourselves, you know, and kind of who we are. My name is Xavier, as I've already said. I was born and raised in West Virginia. Super small town, super rural area. And what I always joke about is I love West Virginia. So beautiful, so gorgeous. The people, every like all of it. Well, most of it. Well, some of it. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I have no, questions. It's like, you know, it's like any place, like home. You sometimes have complicated feelings. And because I, I always joke that West Virginia is 40 years behind everywhere else, like the 1960s, some might say. Who's That's to say? Line. You know, I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> and when you grow up, you know, biracial, I'm black, gay, I'm super femme. You know, the 1960s isn't necessarily like where you need to be, you know? Not your place. <laughs> Not your place. It poses challenges. But that being said, I grew up in a family of really iconic badass women. I always joke while some were raised by wolves, I was raised by women who acted like wolves if you ever came for them or one of theirs. <laughs> and because of that, it made growing up in West Virginia so much like easier for me than it could have been being all those other things. And I'm so grateful for that. And I feel like that's also why I love Real Housewives. I feel like I can look on my screen and kind of see women who I grew up with or women who I know or women that like I don't know at all. You know, it's like I didn't grow up with, you know, a Gina or a Tam rat, but I grew up with a Vicky. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Imagine. Like, shout out to my aunt. <laughs> but I think that's the reason I love Real Housewives so much is because it's about, like, complicated women at their best and their worst. And I just grew up in such a matriarchal family. So, like, this is just another Sunday dinner, honey. I love that. I love <laughs> Gather that. Gather around the table. We will be serving ham. <laughs> Oh my God. I know. So I always kind of knew I wanted to be a screenwriter, you know, ever since I was a teenager and fell in love with television. I always joke that my holy television trinity was Grey's Anatomy, Desperate Housewives, One Tree Hill. Amen. I mean... (laughs) In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Which is the Father, which is the Son, which is the Holy Spirit? Stay tuned. And I I had just kind of latched onto storytelling and seeing people on TV who maybe I didn't see in my real life that I could identify with and connect with. And I, at times, felt less alone when watching television. So I was like, oh, I want to give people that feeling for the rest of my life. So I went to undergrad at West Virginia University. I went to grad school. In undergrad, I majored in English because that's as close as I could get to screenwriting, honey. Again, we're in the hills. West Virginia hills, not the hills, hills. They weren't alive. Looking at you, Lauren Conrad. <laughs> And then as soon as I could, I applied to grad school. I applied to the University of Southern California's writing MFA program. And I was fortunate enough to get in. I hopped on a plane, my first plane ride ever. Oh, that's just, right. Just a small town girl. <laughs> and then I arrived in LAX and I went to grad school for screenwriting. And I loved that program so much. And then, you know, after that, I became an assistant in the industry and worked my way up to a writer. And the rest is history, honey. Oh my God, that is amazing. I've heard that 800 times and it's still like I heard it the first time. 
This is me fangirling. Well, not that I can follow that, but I'm Allison. Like I said, I grew up in Corona, California, which is the Inland Empire, the depths of the Inland Empire. One of them, at least. I agree. Multiple depths. Okay, girl. (laughs) Um, It's very, very suburban, very, very like suburban planning. We have the grocery store. We have the four churches. Everyone's arguing about which church to go to. (laughs) It's very, very organized. I went to a private school that was far away from my home, so I was the commuter kid. And I had, everyone was always like, you live in Corona? And so that's why you'll hear me, you know, maybe throw some shade at Orange County a couple times. I was like, you know these women. Yes, I do. (laughs) I know these women. But yeah, I grew up with my huge Egyptian family. Across the street was one set of cousins. Two streets away was another set of cousins. Three minute drive away was my aunt. Another three minute drive away was my other aunt. And then the other ones were a little further away, like an hour away. So I grew up very, very much in a My Big Fat Greek Wedding adjacent situation. (laughs) My Big Fat Egyptian Wedding? Yes. Exactly. <laughs> I'm also half Swiss, but my family is in Switzerland and probably doesn't even know what Real Housewives is. <laughs> Can you imagine? That is actually Real Housewives tragic. of Switzerland? Is that the spinoff? Oh my God. Andy, I'm available. We um, just ordered the tickets. <laughs> <laughs> we They will need to be comped, of course. Thank you. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, I mean, in high school, I definitely was the one, middle school mostly, actually. I was the one that just didn't really fit in like a lot of people. I was always a writer. I never thought screenwriting was an actual job you could get if you weren't like related to Conan O'Brien. So I never, ever wrote a screenplay because, again, I was like, this is not something for me. But I too was obsessed with One Tree Hill. I was obsessed with Gilmore Girls. I was obsessed with Grey's Anatomy. All of that broadcast sort of, you know, like that therapy. I loved, loved, loved that. I would have to sneak watch it because I grew up in a very religious household. So I would literally watch these shows on like volume six. I love that. Literally me with Desperate Housewives. I like made my mom go into FYE for those of you who remember that store because I was like, I was too in the closet. I was like, I can't be seen purchasing it. SOS. Love that. That's so funny. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was. I mean, I think that that shows. I mean, that's when you commit and you really listen to every single word, commit every single word to mind. And I just have always loved different, you know, modes of storytelling, especially writing. I went to community college for a while after high school and I was a journalist and I was like, this is my calling. I'm going to be a journalist. I'm going to be the Caramel Diane Sawyer. (laughs) Just watch me, bitch. And then I got to New York and I was lucky enough to intern for a places like the 9-11 Memorial Museum where I wrote for them and I did a lot of sort of like journalist adjacent work as much as I could at that age and I was like oh okay so journalism isn't gossiping with people all the time it's just straight news a lot of the time I'm out I can't do this anymore should have led with that I, <laughs> I mean it was a great job but I was just so interested in getting to know people on like a direct level and like journalism has to be facts in this, in this economy I'm confused where have you been for the past few years I can't talk about her paternal trauma that we talked about within the first 20 minutes of knowing each other I don't I can't relate I'm off sorry. the record don't know her <laughs> so after that I managed to get an internship at a film company and then that's when I got access to all of their script libraries mm. and I was there all day I was like oh my god this is the best job ever you know but like a lot of people I had to work my way up do a million assistant jobs which were super super hard and during that time I really leaned on TV hard like a lot of assistants I mean I was like I don't want to have drinks and catch up with people and hear about your hopes and dreams I would like to hear about Victoria Gunvalson's hopes and dreams and Giselle Bryan's hopes and dreams I mean it was one of those things where I just TV was such still is like such a therapy to me and I don't know 
anybody like these women, except I would say the Orange County women. I definitely know people adjacent to them, perhaps the tax bracket below them, but I still know them. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's why I love Housewives so much, because it's always been like a place that feels very safe for me. And even though I am a screenwriter, I don't work in reality television. There is a world in which I would absolutely do this and give my life to this and work on those shows because I love it so much. I love the details. I love the niche of it all. And yeah, that's absolutely what led me to this podcast. A hundred percent, a hundred and ten percent, a hundred and twenty percent. I, you know, (laughs) always joke that I am just out here building my queendom. (laughs) And I feel like once my queendom is like fully in the pocket, it's going to have a real housewife section in some capacity. 100%. And I'll be running it. Thank you so much for the job offer. <laughs> Mess. <laughs> So today's podcast is going to be about Real Housewives of Orange County season one. We are taking it back to 2006. Y'all can't see us, but we are both wearing Juicy Couture sweats. (laughs) I am wearing a satin lace pajama top as a top. I have chunky highlights. No, I could never get those. Unfortunately, the sky tops are at the cleaners. (laughs) The low rise jeans uh, we never. don't know her. Never. never. They never happened. <laughs> Delete the account. In fact, throw away the computer. <laughs> throw away the computer. <laughs> but yeah, so Orange County, what started it all? The OG. It's so wild because Orange County was not the first franchise I watched. Mm-hmm. It Same. wasn't the second. Mm-hmm. It was not the third. Like, I it, <laughs> I was deep Keep into going. my <laughs> own... <laughs> Okay, love y'all. I was deep into my housewife's journey before I ever got to Orange County. And for me, like I would pick like Beverly Hills season three had just started when I first got into it. So this was like 2012-ish. And that's when like my housewife journey really started. And somewhere along the lines, I was like, okay, I've been hearing about Orange County for years. Like especially like season nine, people were living. Season 10, people were here for it. There was scandal. There was intrigue. Season 11, people were like screaming on Twitter. And I was like, okay. (laughs) And then I watched a random episode in season 10 I won't give away too much of what the episode was but it was like a really big episode for one of the characters just say it okay it was this is actually kind of wild I don't know why I did this I watched the first episode of Orange County I watched other than the pilot was the episode where Vicky's mom dies oh I forgot about this I forgot that this is the episode you saw it was the episode I saw I saw this woman on the floor and it was like such a real you know that that moment so visceral oh so visceral Um, and I have you know I've experienced parental loss and it just like really struck me and I was like great starting season one now great. cool 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 and, I'm and it. I binged all 10 seasons and got to season 11 in one month <laughs> I was also packing for grad school so um she was an avoider <laughs> <laughs> nothing was packed until the night before got it um, very that very that very that very that wow I mean I wish that I had this romantic story me finding Orange County. Why don't you tell them the truth, Allie? Um, the truth is that I was kicking and screaming. I did not want to watch this franchise because I grew up in the Inland Empire, just a hop, skip, and a freeway away from Orange County. And I grew up with these people. And I was like, I not don't- these people. Sorry. I just didn't want to. Um, they were just like the tax bracket above me. And I just was like, I don't like them. There's no way I'm going to like them. This is fair. And Xavier was like, please give it a chance. You have to see where 
the house all, I started. It all yeah. started once Allie started getting into them. She had already watched New York and she had watched another or she was in the middle of another. And I was like, okay, if you want to go on this journey, yeah. I will tell you what order to watch them. Yeah. Of course, I told her Beverly Hills first because <laughs> uh, she'd already watched a couple. So I, I was like, we're going on a journey. Yeah. And Orange County, she was like, oh, I'm never watching that. And I was like, oh, okay, Declared. we'll see. Yeah. I was like, we'll see. And bitch was right. Um, <laughs> it knew. me. It me. I'm bitch. Um, I, but I was like, you have to watch Orange County. That's where it all started. Like, yeah. you can't skip it which brings us to like the show yes 2006 where it all started okay here's a little disclaimer for y'all Allie and I are both writers. Mm -hmm. We have both written for television. So we are going to break it down when we break down these seasons of Housewives. And to us, like these women are characters. So we are very much going to talk about them in the vein of characters. So if we come for your fave, know that we have probably more to say. Yeah. (laughs) Don't be like, I just got to get through this. Um, No, it's like. We're going to come for them. We're going to be honest. The good and the bad. And the emotional and the funny. Like we're going to give it to you and we're going to give it to each other because throughout the pandemic. Allie and I were missing each other because <laughs> we met uh, the year before the pandemic. Yes. In a writing program and we became fast friends. So when she started this journey during the pandemic and I, you know, we all were just missing human connection. Yes, yeah. So I, I think, I don't know who did it first. One of us sent the other an audio message mm-hmm. and we then we just because it was nice to hear the other person's voice without hopping on a phone call yeah. and then we would just talk about real housewives and the episodes that she was watching as the months and months and honestly years we still do it yes. <laughs> went on literally after every episode every week we send each other an audio message yes we have no iphone storage left <laughs> pray for us <laughs> send the iCloud space send the iCloud <laughs> and we started doing that and we were like what was so fun for us is we often have very different opinions yes. And we're very strong in our convictions. Uh And we were like, oh, we should just do this for fun. Yeah. I mean, we sort of do a version of this podcast in our pajamas over audio message. So we thought that we would take this to podcast form. now we're just in our pajamas at the kitchen table. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. I am in a muumuu, but it's fine. Not pajamas. Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, I think that especially with Orange County, it definitely highlighted the different personalities that we have and how we revere the housewives, how we consume housewives. Mm -hmm. And because I'm one of those people that annoyingly watched it in a pressure cooker of like two years, I watched all of the franchises ever and Xavier has been a fan for a while over a decade and so I think his opinions are different because he was able to sit with a lot of these shows and these characters and I'm like and here's my knee-jerk reaction so this rewatch is you know it happens to the rest of us (laughs) this podcast is definitely going to be a learning curve for me um, now that I've had time to sit with these characters like Xavier had for a decade before he met me so and what is so fun for Allie and I as she kind of touched on earlier is like getting to jump back like we got to go back in time yeah And these women have grown so much over the years. So to see where it all started, not even just the women, the franchise and the world. Like, so to go back to the beginning, let's jump in. Let's jump in. Taglines, taglines, taglines. (laughs) Okay. So Alice and I are going to say the taglines for y'all because we thought it'd be fun just to like reenact it. Of course. Okay. Vicky. I don't want to get old. Joe, he's pretty much keeping me. Lori. Are the police involved? <laughs> Oscars. Gina, it's just money and you can't take it with you. Kimberly, 85% of the women around here have breast implants. <laughs> and those are the taglines. Yeah. So good. I mean, they walk so so many other taglines could run. 
<laughs> and it's also worth noting that in the title card, Kimberly is center orange. Yes. Is that shocking to you? Yes, because she's the housewife that could have been. There are you- only a few of them out there. Okay, so let's start with Kimberly. Oh my God, okay, let's start with Kimberly. So I knew Kimberly was center orange. And like at this point, who's to say if Bravo actually put credence into who was center orange? But I think even if they tell us they don't, they secretly do. Yeah. And we will always break it down. As such. Yes, please. So I was in remembering it. I was like, oh, Kimberly Center Orange. Interesting. But then I was watching the first season again and I was like, oh, okay. So not solely why it is successful. Certainly, like there are a lot of moving parts, but I think Kimberly is a huge factor in why the show was successful. Okay. And here's why. Kimberly, in a lot of ways, was kind of the heart of the first season. Okay. And her talking about her cancer and her cancer scares and her malignancies Mm -hmm. and her like getting emotional in her confessionals, I was like, oh, this is the gold. I remember for those who are reality television fans, RuPaul's Drag Race, I'm a big fan of it. And RuPaul was once talking about how that show is possible because in the first season, Angina has a breakdown, spoiler on the stage where she talks about being HIV positive. And it's like that touchstone emotionally is what made that show possible. So as I was watching the first season, I was like, Kimberly... And the way she is talking about her family, like this is showing a different layer to what this show is and can be. Absolutely. It's so heartbreaking, but she also does the mom thing of putting on such a brave face of I'm not going to let my children see me this way. But also I think what's so devastating too is it is skin cancer. And I'm from California. I remember not putting sunscreen on for many years because it's like, I mean, why would you? Who cares? Just go outside for only a little bit. Don't burn. And when she said you have to take care of your skin in the first 20 years first of all I was past my first 20 years so I was like okay but um, I also thought it was just so interesting and different and she took us into those appointments she got the news while on camera that she had had like another troubling what was it lesion or something or mole and I don't know it just I think on paper I would be like okay someone struggling with skin cancer on camera but she really brought us in on her emotional journey and she made it not about her she was like I'm not concerned about me and dying I'm worried about missing everything with my children and what I'm going to leave my children. A hundred percent. It's literally, yeah. I have the quote here. Oh my God, she it. said, I'm not afraid of dying at all. I'm afraid of leaving my kids and Scott because I don't think anybody could love them as much as I do. I was weeping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, right. I was, I'm getting to your head know, right now. I know, I know. Like that right there is just, I don't know, it just says so much about what it means to be a mother, a wife, a woman, a human. Like, it just boiled it down, and I was like, oh, she is kind of the heart of this right now. So she snatched that center orange for me. I don't know that she would have been my center orange. I have to agree with you. I mean, I will say you just swayed me in. When you first first said that, like, oh, you know, I don't know that the show would have been what it is without Kimberly. I was like... I I saw the way you looked at me. Yeah, I did. I gave you a look. I know. If only you guys could see. And I was like, listen, up up the hill we go. I'm not scared of a um, <laughs> um, no, but I guess, I, I mean, I always liked her. I never thought about that because I don't know that there's any other housewife, at least this season, who brings us in on that emotional journey. There's no vanity about it. Yeah. It's literally about her family. And, you know, you heard her tagline, all the women around here have breast implants. Mm-hmm. And she is a very like Orange County woman. She is 
a perfect example of pre-recession wealth. It's a perfect dichotomy. Yes. And mm-hmm. I think she she handles it so well. And I would say to this day still, there are so few housewives like her. And it's crazy that she was only on for one season. You know what's interesting is something you just said, because she did play the role of like, in ways the heart but she also kind of not vapid because I know that's the opposite of what you just said but like in ways they did use Kimberly to kind of get out this Orange County way of living yes. the breast implants the cocktail hour with the girlfriend they're not behind the gates but they're in the area <laughs> the, tennis. the tennis like it's I don't know like she she added qualities in that way too so like yeah. she gave us the heart but she also gave us kind of the surface level stuff yeah. and isn't that the making of a great housewife. I mean, usually we, our first foot forward is vanity. Yeah. And, our, and we have to find the humanity in that housewife to make it okay that we like them. Mm-hmm. And I think it was the opposite with her. But I think we've said enough nice things about her. I think we should get into the other side of it <laughs> because this is getting a little gross. <laughs> Mention it all. Mention it all. Um, no, I mean, I think that something I didn't care for with her throughout the season, her like weird attachment to her husband and making him happy. There was that side where she was like, I don't want to leave them. And, you know, of course that was hard breaking but her sort of famous weird moment with the Puerto Rican man she was yeah. dancing with where was it that she was dancing with him I'm, that club I'm not even sure but I it was know. not a good look no it wasn't a good look it was also such a perfect touch point for 2006 I mean I think she says oh you know this man is like a step up from a guy in a wheelchair and you were like oh okay well I'm suddenly not crying anymore I'm <laughs> crying for a different reason but I don't know I think um there was just something weird and then her telling her husband about it later being like I was dancing with him does that make you jealous and he was trying to act like he wasn't and I'm like are we witnessing a very like kinky moment between the two of them because yeah. I'm uncomfortable you know yeah it was not a good look but I will say in rewatching it it makes me happy knowing where we are now and I think it's just indicative of what the world is and what the television landscape has become what do you mean? Meaning, yeah. okay. So meaning, if that happened now oh, uh-huh. on one of the shows, yeah. it would be discussed. Right. It would be a topic of conversation. If not, Twitter will come for you. Yeah. Twitter in 2006? No. What was it? <laughs> like, what's Twitter? In t- I don't even. I didn't have it until like 2009 or 2010. No. So like, it just wasn't the same. So. Yeah. They got away with that a little more. But yeah, not her finest hour. No, I mean, I think that there are definitely some holdovers from these housewives of insensitive or inappropriate things that they say that kind of make me laugh. I'm like, well, I kind of miss that from, you know. (laughs) But that's certainly not one of them. There is. like weird racial undertones I didn't care for. And I think that's the other side of Kimberly where I sort of remembered her for that and not necessarily the other very touching storyline that you brought up earlier. You know, it's funny you say that because I feel like a good example of that not a good example an example of that is Gina Keo. do we want to transition to Gina yeah I think her family was that family who obviously had never been on television before oh my god and it showed oh my god <laughs> in the way that they kind of spoke to each other or they weren't like at one point Cara was doing something and Gina basically like insinuated that like maybe she shouldn't eat an extra something you know yes. what I mean so like little things like that new that new clothes. would yeah. not fly now like we were so in their homes like we were in their lives I have this whole theory that my boyfriend and I have that Cara would have been an incredible Disney Channel star she is a star like I forgot how good she is in front of the camera and my theory with this is because her father and grandfather they were these famous baseball stars they sort of had secondhand fame but not necessarily fame for their personalities but I'm sure they had to do a lot of public facing events or whatever so they had a taste 
taste for what it's like for, you know, to think, what do these people think of us? We have to put on a front, whatever. So in that way, they were perfect for the camera. But even like moments, I don't even, this like weird, it wasn't weird, but like this moment between Gina and uh, what's his name, Colton, Mm -hmm. where she was talking about something softer and he was like, like your butt. (laughs) And it was cute. It was like cute. But I was like, like, yeah, mm -hmm. and it was cute. And I was like, oh, that's like a mother son moment. But like on camera, I was like, should I be here right now for this scene? Because it was so intimate. It makes it real. Yeah. And they were, yeah, definitely one of the better families. Now, something I did not miss at effing all is Shane's baseball storylines. I was, (laughs) in hell I don't care is what I have to say you know it was so annoying I Gina had no storyline other than that sorry I said what I said (laughs) she said what she said and she meant what she meant doesn't mean I didn't like Gina doesn't mean I don't think she has value to the season but that was her storyline yeah you know what's funny is in my memory of watching the show in the early years Gina was actually my favorite Mm -hmm. I don't think that's the case anymore yeah I don't think she was my favorite but I think Gina I have such I don't know if it's a soft spot, but what's interesting to me about her is she really molded into her husband's life. And that is very clear. Like a lot of the time, of course, she was on camera more than her husband. Mm -hmm. But like she was the one pushing the baseball. She was the one doing this, saying that, you know, Cara is good at volleyball, but she got into it too late. Like she was very much that mom. And I thought that was interesting. And the aspects of Shane's storyline that I was interested in was because I felt like I understood some of the pressure he had to have been under. Mm -hmm. And I think some people do well under pressure and some people do not. And I feel like if both your father and your grandfather had made the major leagues and it was expected of you, but you basically flunked out of playing baseball for a semester or a year, like that has to be a lot of pressure. So I felt a little bad for him in that way. But also like the thing about that family that's so wonderful to watch is the minute you feel bad, they do something ridiculous and you're like oh I no longer feel terrible (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like Cara honey the button the window button is broken it's okay but it's also so great to watch their great television they are and they actually like each other and actually know each other because you can't say that for most of the families even to this day where you're like do you spend time together or do you just check in before the nanny puts your kid to bed yeah and you can tell that why I really like Gina and what you were saying I remembered really liking her and as I was rewatching it I'm like do I just like her because she was so in touch with her kids and it was almost like a mom that I grew up with a mom who was very in their kids lives who was very in on all of the friends stuff and took them to all the practices and encouraged them and was the go between the dad and that I just think there was something so relatable to her and still is Mm -hmm. and that's probably why I liked her so much but it's just funny because now that I've seen so many housewives, I'm like, she really didn't give that much th- that first season. Her kids were the stars. This is true. You know, and, and that's, you know, early Orange County, especially they're like, they, the kids had such a huge role oh compared God. to like kind of what the show is now. Right. And I think Gina also, though, where her credit comes is I feel like she was the glue between the women. Yes. You know, okay. like I, I feel like she is the one like everyone kind of knew who Gina was yeah. or they knew of her if they didn't know her. So I feel like that was part of her value in the group. And she says it herself like she loves bringing people together. Like, so I, I feel like that was the role she played. I think so, too. And I think, you know, she is a powerful presence in Kodo. And I love her like constantly talking about, you know, oh, I'm this big time real 
estate agent. She was. I'm not, you know, trying to minimize it. But <laughs> what made me laugh was, and I completely forgot about this, in episode eight, the quote unquote reunion, what they used to be, which was a la science class 2002 when they <laughs> rolled out a rolling cart with a portable TV on it to rewatch weird moments not, um, not of the, the last projector. season. I know. <laughs> not even a projector, I like know. an old TV. But, uh, but they had the waterfall in the background, so it was funny. Oh my God, I know, right. Was that Vicky's house, by the way? I think so. Okay. Wow, so many questions. But with me, I think that Gina is, she was so like ashamed or had like a weird vibe around. I look so domesticated and I'm like, what's wrong with that? And then I was like, oh, she knows that that's not currency in the Real Housewives world to look like you're domesticated. She wants to like lean into being this powerful real estate agent, being in the world with these women, being in the social scene. That's certainly not what I got out of this, you know, season with her. And I thought it was funny that she was kind of embarrassed of that in episode eight. Yeah, and something that made me kind of sad is, the pressure that she clearly also puts on herself in terms of body image. Yeah. You know, like, sad. I don't know. I think Gina is stunning. Like, she had that one confessional where she's wearing all black and her eyes are just like popping. Oh, and I'm like, oh my yes, gosh, yes, yes. Gina. So I, it made me sad when she would make little comments or comments yeah. would happen within her family because, you know, like, they're a sports family. Like, yeah. and she used to, she was a playmate. Yeah. Oh and- my God. Yeah. We, <laughs> we haven't talked about that. She was a catch, well, a genetic catch too, but we'll get to that. Uh, you know, we but heard, we heard, we heard. We heard, we heard. Someone she used the word it. genetics. She regrets and it. I, she regrets it. Does she? Um, she but, said she did in the finale. Oh, okay. To say. Okay. <laughs> oh, God. But yeah, so like I felt bad when she would have those moments. Yeah. I'm like, oh, Gina. Yeah. It made me sad because I, I didn't like the idea that everyone had to look like, let's say, Lori. Mm-hmm. Everyone has to sort of be that MILF, whatever, because that's not what real, even if you're a housewife, they're thinking about these like dynamic women who are big in, the, in society. They don't all have to look like that. And I'm sure she feels that sort of pressure. Clearly, things are not great in her marriage. Clearly, she has a lot that she's dealing with. And the sense of humor that she has, that Kara has, that Shane had at times whenever he you know, had a personality. But <laughs> the humor that she has is very like... Like protective. She's very protective of herself. She won't let a moment go by without it seeming like I can joke my way out of this. And it made me sad because I'm like, oh, you are going through so much at home. You've so much you're dealing with in your marriage. Her kids are starting to leave the house for college on top of the pressure of these Orange County women. And, mm-hmm. you know, I hate that she was like, when I first watched the show, I was like, oh, the camera adds 10 pounds. Yeah. Not that I'm saying I wouldn't feel that way. I'm probably would be like, oh my God. We all have our but moments. Yes. It just made me sad. I agree. She yeah. was really funny though. You're, you're so right. Like, She's so funny. There was that moment in episode four where it's the first group event. There's mm-hmm. only two group events this whole season, right. which is also wild. But, uh, it was the first group event and Joe and Slade were talking about why they weren't married yet or why the wedding date was so far away. And Gina was like, is it because she's not old enough? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, I cackled. <laughs> she has, oh my God, she does have, okay, this is also, we're not going to talk about future seasons. We're going to try to stay in the moment. Yes, but yes, yes. Gina's sort of undoing a lot of the times in the future season is that biting sense of humor that sort of goes too far or mm-hmm. she? it's almost like, well, you're going to have to answer for that joke. And she did have a moment where she was like, is she on blonde time or what? When <laughs> I think Lori showed up late. Was it Lori? I don't remember. But it just, it was like, oh, that's so Gina saying it under her breath. She wants to laugh. She doesn't need to be center of attention, but she just had to sort of have control over that moment. It's like a compulsion. It is a compulsion. and something that I have too. And so I, yeah. As you were describing it, I was like, Ali, you have this, you, you have like, this, you have this, you have this. Look in the mirror, bitch. Um, 
<laughs> but yeah, that's uh, that's so true. But she, you know, for her, um, I enjoyed seeing her and her family. I enjoyed seeing Kara and Shane fighting. Well, I'll save that for later. One of my favorite underrated moments was oh. from the storyline. Yeah, should we talk about Lori? Oh, oh wait, who were you? you had no. Someone let's else talk in about mind. Lori. Let's talk about Lori. You had someone else in mind. I felt like a natural transition from Gina was to Vicky. I knew you were gonna say that. Well, let's talk about Lori. Let's talk about Lori. I, we can't do Vicky yet. Um, <laughs> Vicky is the last half of the episode. Um, Lori. Uh, <laughs> she said what she said. I said what I said. And what I am about to say is that my MVP for this season was Lori. Oh, what? Don't, don't even stop. Absolutely no, not. Okay. Don't, Absolutely. Don't, what? Argue, don't argue with me. Listen to me. I just can't listen argue. To me. It's stupid. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think that when I think back on Orange County season one, a huge part of what I did is I rewrote a lot of people's history, Lori included, because Lori is a much different Lori when we meet her later. And then we're not going to say anything about it. <laughs> a journey. Other than she goes through a journey. She's one of those housewives that has like three different identities throughout the franchise. Lori, to me, put it all out there on the line. She was the definition of a rich white Orange County MILF. She leaned into it. She wasn't super inappropriate. She was posing for Playboy and having her like best friend take pictures of her on the beach in a bikini. Her adult daughter had to crash with her and she was like, there's not enough room for you. <laughs> Essentially, she had to deal with the very real struggles of her son who's dealing with so many different issues in and out of juvie, having to deal with the legal system on her own. She was the sole breadwinner in her house. She had a very young child who she was trying to provide for she was working at vicky's insurance company which i feel like we need to touch more on with vicky but oh we will Don't she actually right <laughs> my god i'm not i'm not now i am but <laughs> no i just think that she really gave us everything i think that what i was missing from Lori was that emotional the emotional bandwidth that we get from a gina or we get from a kimberly because she's one of those people where i'm like do you sit down with your children and ask them how they are at the end of the day <laughs> or are you just like are you guys good okay i'm going to bed you know and that's not a judgment on her motherhood. I just, to me, she didn't strike me as the type of person that had the same relationship as like a Gina or a Kimberly who we've talked about. Mm -hmm. But she has everything that you would ever need in Orange County Housewife. Mm -hmm. She gave us so much. She was absolutely the person that surprised me the most in this rewatch because I had completely thought of her as this pathetic person who was desperate to just be on the show to be hot and relevant again after a horrible divorce but I don't know something about seeing her in that little two-bedroom condo <laughs> again and again Triggered. in her little outfits My having to stay at a different hotel than Vicky so that and was her name I know I have that, that quote written down. Incredible, but because also triggered my safe word is Brittany Jean, Brittany Jean, Brittany Jean. <laughs> but yes, the the two hotels was excellent television. It was excellent television, and I was like, oh, Lori really isn't a place. She's not just playing it for TV. Anyway, I just think she gave us so much. One of my favorite lines of the entire season is someone saying, "You could be Joe's mom," and she goes, "Who's Joe?" <laughs> On episode eight, I don't know. There's something well, about her I that's so perfect for the show. All know that anytime Joe was around, Lori certainly wasn't checking for Joe. Now was no, she? No, she's <laughs> certainly was not. Okay. Are you okay? Are you finished? Oh, am I finished? Are you finished? She you just were very, asked me if I'm finished. I sure did, because you were very passionate, and I was like, "Oh, Allie's laying this on because she." Feels I know strongly. I'm ready to fight. Okay, because I know. Okay, how did you feel with this rewatch of Lori? Okay, with this rewatch, here's the actually. I'm actually going to respond to you. I, I'll incorporate some of how I felt, but I'll respond to you. I agree that Lori, <laughs> she is Allie's. Just go in, biting her. Don't nails. be nice. Just go in. I agree that Lori put it all out there. But I think my problem with her is I think she's also the type of person that, of course, she's going to put it all out there because she craves the attention. Mm -hmm. And that is my issue with her. And that's why she's not my MVP, because I feel like Lori, like, 
there's just something about her that feels disingenuous. I don't know. I don't think that's completely fair, but I do struggle when I see her parents, you know, like this isn't a judgment. I just, because I am someone who had a very like kind of strict parent oh, uh-huh. in a way, like strict, but also like they weren't my friend. And Got Lori it. says in the show that she tries to be her kids' friends. Yes, so I do struggle like with one. that certain style, I guess, yes. in seeing it because like, I don't know. I felt like she was a friend to them a little too much. Like okay. when Ash, Ashley is talking to her and Ashley was like, well, I'm not sleeping in a seven-year-old room as her mother, I'd be like, well, where are you sleeping then? Because exactly. <laughs> don't know what you want me to do. Right. Uh, you're just rolling back in, says, with a dog. We'll get to that later. With a, do- uh- <laughs> with a damn dog. A full-grown uh, dog. Four-legged, furry, dog. on my couch. <laughs> <laughs> Is the house broken? Partly. No, partly. That's what it was. Damn it. I couldn't remember. It was kind of. It was something so upsetting. But So I feel like although Lori has the qualities of a housewife, and I, I think she had her role, and I'll kind of get to that, I I feel like Lori was the down and out housewife. She was the riches to rags. And mm-hmm. that is a story we love to watch. And we'll see again having, and again and again. Exactly. Yeah. Having her as a touch point with Vicky and them working in the office was a great thing to come back to. Seeing her juxtaposed to the women who had a lot more, uh, like you said earlier, the hotel versus the motel mm-hmm. um, was excellent. Like, so she had her role and seeing her, like I, I gave Kimberly a lot of credit for being the heart of the season. And there were moments where Lori had excellent heart. Like, Seeing someone whose child is really struggling and Mm -hmm. has been struggling since the divorce and is in and out of juvie, like that is difficult and that tugs at your heartstrings. I think my thing with Lori, where you were saying like a Gina is more genuine or whatever. With her children. With her children. I, I, that's where Lori lost me. I just felt like desperation is a strong word, but she's a little desperate to me personally. She is very desperate. Which is fair because she's down and out. We get it. She is. And she does sort of harp on that. Responding to that, I wanted to come for you and be like, most housewives are everything that you said. So how can she be someone that you didn't care for based on these qualities? But her brand of parenting that I don't care for or desperation is something that doesn't irk me. There are certainly housewives that have that that really upset me. One of them is on this list so um, of this season. So that she didn't, I think maybe because I disliked one of the other housewives so much, I was sort of <laughs> seeing Lori as a reprieve and a perfect hot mess for season one. You know, to me, I'm like, I will take this <laughs> shit show over yeah. the other shit show because at least this shit show feels genuine. Desperate, but mm-hmm. genuine. And I was like, girl, you know what? Go on the husband hunt. We're here for it. Yeah. She. This was literally like her audition being like, here, take me as I am. Millionaires, Republicans of Orange County, I'm ready for you. You know, that's Republican men. That's that's totally how I felt like this whole season was. Yeah. So, Lori, I think I just wanted her to own it a little bit more. But at the same time, she was going through a lot. But a moment that I just thought was very in character for both of the women, but was kind of a reason I... Not to say I didn't like Lori, but when she and Vicky were at the jewelry store oh my God. and they were talking and Lori was debating if she was going to get the diamond, she said, uh, Lori was talking to all of them and she was like, oh, we need a man, guys. To which Vicky quickly oh. said, we don't need no stinking men. We do it ourselves, girl. And I was like, yes, Victoria. Because that's my issue with Lori. Yeah. Like, she wants someone to come and save her. Yes. Sometimes you need to save yourself. And, yes. we, and we are watching her try to save herself. But she is still... Like her exit plan is to be saved, which yes. is interesting later seasons, but we will get there when we get there. Yes. But I wish she would just take the onus to like be like boot on the ground. Right. I I don't need a man. I right. can do this. It, I think she craves that dependency that I've never understood in sure. a lot of ways. So I think that's my my thing with her. But 
this isn't her only season. I may go on a journey. I don't know. It didn't bother me. I don't know what to tell you. It did not bother me. I think that every show sort of needs that person who's like, I need something and that's why I'm on the show. Not mm-hmm. just the attention or whatever your dumb side business is. It's like every person sort of needs someone like a Lori. And I think especially for these earlier seasons, you know, certainly I wouldn't say for like a 2023 Housewife show that premiered. If someone was like that, that I would be as endeared as I am with Lori. I think 2006 being such an interesting time in the world, in America, in California, I understood where she was coming from and sort of that helplessness and not at all a feminist in that it just there's something about it it's like if you're gonna be a lori like really be a lori and lori really was a lori like she Mm -hmm. really was that and it didn't you know it didn't bug me too so much here's the thing with lori too sorry i thought i was finished but i'm not no (laughs) it's like well one thing i think you also hit the nail on the head earlier when you were like there's someone else that you dislike so much more so that might have distracted you another thing you should know about ali and i we joke with each other that my fatal flaw and y'all will come to realize this that if i love a housewife i will find any excuse i can to like (laughs) i'm a loyal bitch yeah, i will fault. ride Capital or F. die yes ride or die and, and i die. will i will uh i will build a bridge with some sticks <laughs> <laughs> and ali is kind of the opposite if she hates a housewife dead to me it will sometimes color her perception she will build a she will burn a bridge I with i don't know what do you burn bridges with i'll burn the building down oh oh, yeah. the, oh the building's gone Art, full she will burn a building not even with a match she will make the fire <laughs> in order to burn <laughs> the building the she will make the fire to <laughs> burn the building if she hates someone so that's just like a fun thing for us but with Lori as you were talking I was thinking of and she only talked about this a little bit but Steve oh my god yeah and there was like Steve Steve, and that left a bad taste in my mouth a little bit because like her children clearly didn't like him and not to say that a parent should listen to their children over their instinct with a significant other because I think sometimes you know children are children like they're still figuring it out but there is something and I think this is what it goes to with Lori for me is that this is a statement but I'm gonna say it there are people who I think put their children first always Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure from the way it was described with this relationship with Steve that she was doing that. I agree. So with I you. was just I like, I wasn't, I, and, but we also didn't know much about that. So we had to like kind of fill in the gaps. What was interesting to me was her revealing that she met him. He was dealing with some addiction issues. He went away to get better. Then when he came back, she was like, he's just my friend. Mm-hmm. And then when she was complaining to Josh about Ashley saying, I don't like Steve, I don't want him around the house. And she was like, he, she shouldn't have any say about my personal life. And you're like, if you're bringing him in here, like you're bringing your personal life in here we have a say in it yes i mean it's that was heartbreaking especially with a son who is going through so much yes and is in a vulnerable state and it's worth noting too that ashley was 20 years old like she's not a she wasn't a girl like ashley's a a young adult you know like so if she has an opinion on someone it's not rooted in nothing no so that's what i'll say about Lori. this was also the ashley who said oh that was my brother calling from juvie (laughs) I just hung, hung up no, the wait, phone. I, I just broke out in a sweat. I just broke out in a that sweat. That was my brother calling from juvie, so I hung up. Shave answered it. <laughs> Literally the worst. I just... Wow, okay. I think we should move on from Lori. We can do Vicky, but I, I think it's time. I also need to be clear. I didn't hate Vicky this season. Oh! I was referring to Joe, who I absolutely hate is I forgot one of my least favorite housewives of all time, which sucks because she's the first housewife of color. Yeah. My mouth is on the floor for I y'all hate Joe. who cannot see. Yeah. 
Let's talk about Vicky. Let's go to Vicky next. Jo- I should be clear. I hate Joe's portrayal on the show. I don't know her personally. But yes. She just, these women are characters. These women are characters. These women are characters. As a person. And, they know, and here's the yeah. thing. Uh, or sorry, not to cut you off. No, cut me off. Um, <laughs> but here's the thing. These women are characters. They went on this show and they knew that they were going to be viewed by millions yeah. of people and people will be making commentary. Yeah. So like we are viewing them from a character lens. So yeah. we're going to say things. And just because we say something, we are aware that hours upon hours upon hours of footage is filmed and we... It was cut down to eight hours for the first season of OC. Right. So, like, we get it. There are other layers to love it. But if you're giving us a show, so we're going to give you a podcast. Yes, and we're going to give you a response to what was portrayed on television. So, Okay. Victoria Gumbelson. Okay. Victoria Gumbelson. Oh, my gosh. Victoria Gumbelson. I am shook to hear that you didn't hate her. Because historically y'all yeah Ali's not like the biggest Vicky fan I'm not and you know I think that it's next season that I sort of start to bristle with her mm-hmm. I think that this is Vicky I almost just knocked over this mic getting passionate <laughs> um, I think that this is Vicky before the fame this is Vicky before she had an identity as a reality star and it's gold I mean it really is gold the way that I'm gonna rush out after this podcast to get a French tip manicure in her honor <laughs> I was like, that girl can pull off a damn friendship. Her like, insi- oh my God. It, she just, for some reason, I romanticized Vicky's early on relationship with her children. I knew she always, we're not going to get too into it yet, but I knew that she always had sort of this gaslighty, like <laughs> naggy relationship with her children. Her first interaction with her children was Brianna walking into the office and being like, mom. And she's like, what? <laughs> can you take me to my appointment? And then her, I guess I'll take my laptop. You know, like it was. Insane. It's, I was like, oh, she told us who she was. So real. Yes. Vicky, the magic of Vicky. And I do think there is. You know, for a lot of these women, there's yeah. pre-fame and then there's post-fame. 100%. And then there's there's sometimes a murky, like, I haven't quite realized how much people love me yes. or hate me. Yes. Vicky left it, like, in the ways you felt Lori left it on the table, like, I feel like Lori left, like, her children's business on the table, uh-huh. whereas Vicky left her own business on the table and how she reacts to her children on the table. Like, Vicky left everything on the table and then she put her laptop on it and worked. <laughs> <laughs> she got to click clacking away selling insurance like insurance i you know i actually wasn't sure how i would feel about vicky jumping back yeah but i just was so endeared yes. to her in this season more so than i even thought i would be mm-hmm. um allison is fully not surprised but it's fine no uh, couldn't be less surprised i mean like the certainly we will talk about her parenting uh-huh. that is a whole other thing which yeah. i'm sure we probably have a similar opinion on but like I think Mike Sr. actually said it all when he said, I met Vicky working at a grocery store. I was a bagger and she was a cashier. I used to avoid bagging for her because she was the fastest girl on the line. The stuff would come shooting at you and you couldn't bag it fast enough. When I tell you, I literally got emotional, especially watching her, having watched her all these years, because that is who Victoria Gunvalson is in a sentence. And to have it cracked open for us like that in episode one, I just knocked over my coffee. I like it literally like I because like as writers we look for moments like that in our scripts to so succinctly describe who a character is and that visceral vision of her probably with a press on manicure uh, (laughs) at the grocery store fighting for her life just like yelling at Mike senior like here can you back faster like (laughs) you know you like it just was so clear to me and I loved it it's a great character that moment is one of my favorite moments of the season wow okay 
Vicky, I don't want to get. I mean, here's there's my, so many places to go. So many places to go. Listen, with Vicky. pick one. We'll go on the journey. I mean, and she owns her own insurance company at this point. She's very successful. She is a self-made woman. She had a divorce while her children were young. She moved and basically started over. Yeah. She's struggling dealing with her mother thinking that she's a different person because she's now like this plasticky Orange County housewife. Even though she's yellow. not really that much. Your hair is yellow. Your hair is yellow. That's how I always think of her mother. Do you see them golden arches? <laughs> it was and and tackling. that scene was incredible. Especially yes. because we see how Vicky is as a mother. So to see her like kind of get it back, I was like, yes, Mama Vicky. Oh my God. I loved her mom. That is the yeah. that's the mom moment I always think of with her mom. Just yeah. cackling away. And the, the only thing my mom wants for me is to spend more time with her. I have less than an hour. <laughs> I it was just it was art. I mean, she does give us so many moments. The things that I struggle with with Vicky is I understand who she is. I just feel like a lot of people p- assign so much meaning to her. She really is the one that started it all being like sort of an iconic in and of herself, her own housewife. There is no other Vicky Gunvalson and that stands to this day in 2023. It just, I struggle with her because the same issues that you had with Lori, not the exact same parenting style, obviously, but the gaslighting of her children and then being like, don't drink and then slam it, suck it, take it down, Brianna <laughs> in, first, in Mexico. The first mention of the slam it, wait, how, wait, I wrote it down <laughs> wait, please. Oh my God, we are right now, those we two. Are those wait, two. slam it, suck, wait, no slant wait lick it slam lick it, it suck it, suck it, it. Slam it Brianna <laughs> do it <laughs> like the first mention of that though I had chills I was like oh we're watching her story <laughs> <laughs> and I did not I was like oh my god <laughs> After she literally cornered her daughter and she's getting her hair done for prom, sp- hairsprayed to death. Are you going to be drinking? No, mom, I don't drink. <laughs> Lick it, slam it, suck it, Brianna. She like, I can't. Certainly is a walking contradiction yeah. in that way. You know, and that drives me. That's my Achilles heel with housewives. Be one way. Be awful. Be desperate. Whatever. Like Lori, not that I'm saying that she's <gasps> both of those things. Just be one way. But if you're a walking contradiction, I have no patience for it. And I think that Victoria Gunvalson is so often a walking contradiction. Which makes her an interesting and great housewife. Yes. It also means that I will always have complicated feelings about her. Which makes her a great housewife, like you just said. And I also love that you used her full name when it's right, it's right. In your honor. Um, thank you. And you know the funny thing, too, with Lick It, Suck It, Slam It, Brianna, what? is I'm just waiting. Like, as I was re-watching the season, I was like, oh, who going to sketch me, boo? Yes. Has to draw this. Yes. Right? Yes. <laughs> like, they're drawing. I feel like it's like a perfect moment. It is. Who going to sketch me, boo, is a housewives artist that we are obsessed with. They did our cover art for our podcast. Honored. And they also just have like all these amazing prints on Etsy and you can see them on their Instagram so you should check them out. And I like to play this game too. Anytime a new trailer comes out, A, they whip up artwork within hours. It's scary. So literally when I was watching the Potomac trailer, yes, yes, I was yes. like, you know that shot of Robin on the curb? Immediately, yes. I was like, oh, this is the moment. <laughs> this is the moment. How quickly can we purchase? <laughs> Immediately. It's already been purchased. It's already been purchased, you know? <laughs> anyway, back to Vicky. The thing about her parenting is it can be tough. Yeah. And, you know, and it's funny because I kind of came at Lori for having the complete opposite. Yeah. Whereas my parents were certainly more strict, not to the extent of Vicky. Mm-hmm. So it's still tough because it's like... I, that's they she is tough on them yeah here's the thing with vicky and her parenting though that i was kind of realizing as i was watching the season i'm very curious on your take is i think she's she means well of course like she clearly loves her children no one can say that victoria gunvel 
Nicholson does not love her children. Not a single. I would come for someone who tried. <laughs> yes. I, I would. Listen, we talking about burning and building earlier. <laughs> come for Vicky's love for her children. Alice and I will be at your door with coffee cake. Um, <laughs> for us, not for you. You have to watch to see that the true punishment. Um, anywho, I there was a point in the season where I was like, oh, I think it was around like the finale. Actually, I was like, does Vicky? And I say this with love, but does Vicky resent her children a little bit? Vicky is a woman who came from nothing and has had to work. And this is one of the things I admire about her, as you were talking about earlier. Had a terrible relationship, terrible divorce, built this company from the ground up, like has worked her butt off for everything she has. And now she is raising children and she really is able to hand things to them. Totally. And I'm, I do wonder sometimes if that creates a little bit of a resentment, particularly with Michael, because Michael at least on the show, didn't seem to have the same work ethic as her. So I do think that she resented the fact a little bit that he can have all these nice things at her hand. Because at one point she says, you're going to be doing this while I'm working. Fine, I'll work more. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I realized like, oh, like she has some stuff she has to work through in regards to how hard she's had to work to get here. And it's it's hard because like you want to honor and love your success and give it back to your children. But like those feelings would inevitably bubble up. And I was, I don't know, it was interesting. I found it interesting. That is a really interesting take in resenting her children. I think that there is a part of me that always thought she was angry at the way that she was becoming because people who have complicated relationships with their mother like Vicky does, I think that there's always sort of a devil on your shoulder of you are doing something wrong. And there is a lifestyle that she can afford to give her children. There's a way that her children can sort of fit in with society if she were to just hand things to them. And she's done it. And now she's mad that the exact thing that she was worried about happening is happening, but she can't undo what she's done. So I know that's like a very convoluted way of saying I agree with you in the resenting, but I think it's more, Mm -hmm. I think it's less about the kids and more about who she has become, which is the thing that her mother says she is, which is every child's nightmare. Like your mommy, you're going to turn into this. If you keep doing this, leave me alone, mom. She literally has turned into, or was at that point, especially turning into that. I also was terrified of Michael's monotone voice. I completely forgot about that. Um, No, literally. What are you doing? I'm just hanging out. And I was like, like, wide eyedness <laughs> it is he's a good mix of both of their faces which is wild mike senior and vicky i don't remember mike senior's face like you do and well, also pulling out a mike senior quote like i was like <laughs> okay sorry some of us didn't come prepared for class my bad sorry Hi. i slept through um <laughs> you know i was oh come my prepared. god sorry i was making out my boyfriend last night i wasn't <laughs> studying um no i i i think that i don't remember mike senior's face but he is so interesting to me because he is the perfect example of a lazy Orange County kid, but not a bad kid. You know, he didn't go off of the rails. You know, and I, again, I grew up not too far from that area. So there are certainly kids who were, you know, the tax bracket above me, who um, <laughs> went off the rails. And the second that they got freedom or got to get whatever they wanted and were able to squeeze whatever out of their parents, they turned into sort of the Joshes, you know, like what Lori is having to deal with. And it's interesting to me. He's just at this point lazy and just <laughs> flaunting it and talking. Yeah, I'm only working like two days a week. At and, the pizza shop. And flopping out. And then oh, being, flopping. Yeah, oh, sorry. <laughs> I went on a journey. Sorry, she was making out with her boyfriend last night. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Lies. We were both studying. <laughs> Don't let her lie to you. <laughs> I was actually at a wedding last night, literally raging on the dance floor. Oh my God. And I was eating um, crab at a friend's birthday party. So I was. Sounds so good. Anywho. Only stories I was breaking were crab legs. (laughs) But anyway, uh, I could rework that. Anyway, please cut that. Um, (laughs) Keeping it in, keep it in, keep it in, keep it in. Um, But I don't know. There's just something so perfect about Michael and Brianna together. Brianna together. Excuse me. We're not going to say Brianna. We're going to say Brianna because it's a Brianna stand Stand account. account. 
always. We love her. We love Brianna. It's going to be Li- annoying, you guys. We live and die by Brianna. She not is, even kidding. She is so disrespectful to her mom in the tone that she uses, at least the way that we were both raised. The I would never speak to my mother that way. <laughs> would never. I wouldn't even think about raising my voice. No. But how, I, but the way that her mom gaslights her into everything, I'm. there's no way I wouldn't. I one time said something to my mom that wasn't even like outrageous, and I did it in a very calm voice, and she was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, sorry, mom, love you. Oh my, yeah, no, please. If there's even a hint of disrespect or that I'm speaking to her as being like of the same power structure (laughs) power level as her it's like excuse me you know it's no anyway there's just no world but I think that's like our background you know like I listen I am black biracial gay super femme if you couldn't tell (laughs) uh so like growing up in a black household like that just didn't fly yeah no (laughs) I grew up in a first generation household both my parents are immigrants very hard working very much drove it into our head uh much like Vicky to Michael that like you need to work to get everything in life Mm. um it worked unlike with Michael (laughs) Um, but yeah no I'm absolutely I would never raise my voice to my um, parent like that but you know we're going to give Brianna a pass because we're obsessed with her and we understand we love her and we understand okay yes we had to get that out of the way yeah we had to get that out of the way (laughs) okay do we want to move to Joe I mean it's unfortunate we have to end this episode on a bad note but sure we have more we have more coming we have a few little fun little things after that let me get this one thing out about Joe is just a fun little thing Joe is actually my favorite tagline which I thought in memory it was going to be Vicky. Okay. Uh, but Joe, there was something about he's pretty much keeping me. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. And she, yeah. it was good delivery because y'all know in a tagline, it can be good like as a sentence, but that delivery matters. Yeah. I don't know. I really liked that tagline. So it, that was my favorite. What was your favorite tagline? For, it also feels weird to be discussing these as taglines because they're not. They're weird audio I clips know. that they didn't even the bother. The taglines hadn't even been born yet. And you know, I when I was when I first heard this, I turned on episode one of season one. I heard these taglines. I was like, oh, like I did not like it. Mm-hmm. But I also sort of enjoyed thinking, okay, what's to come from these little clips? And I kind of miss it because taglines now are so overthought and not funny unless it's Potomac. And yeah. I just don't enjoy put, um, taglines anymore. I think that they're Cannot just... Cannot relate. They're just... Yeah, sorry. We, he can't relate. I don't... Enjoy, I literally, like, he can't wait to talk to me about taglines. And I'm like, they suck. Sorry. Anytime I watch an episode, I had a friend once who was watching like Beverly Hills with me. And to start the episode, she was like, oh, I'll just fast forward through the recap yeah. and the taglines. And I was like, excuse me. <laughs> Taglines are a must. You have for me. I have to watch the taglines to like get into the episode. It is the perfect. It's the amuse bouche. Mm. Like it. Like I am so game for a tagline. I love them. The music. I loved them in the beginning. I think as the show evolved and became a pop culture phenomenon, then I sort of started disassociating because you could tell they were written by producers and I didn't feel as though they were super personal because I, w- I don't mind a cringy tagline if I know that she wrote it in the dark and then sent it to a producer and was like, this is brilliant. And then when it aired, it was like terrible. I enjoy that, that cringe, but I don't enjoy something that's like so overwritten by producer. But anyway. Who was your favorite tagline? Um, It was Gina because I thought it was sort of ironic. It's just money you can't and you can't take it with. With you I love that and because she was the one that spent so much money this season <laughs> like when she said to Cara those are yours don't take them off the chill that <laughs> iconic, went down my spine iconic iconic icon- stimulated oh my god St- <laughs> she was also part of a fantastic and I'm sorry just to backtrack on Vicky really quick my favorite quote of the entire season I should probably save this for the end no, but my go, favorite quote for the from the entire season Gina I don't know is your husband happy with you this month and Vicky no the question is am I happy with him this month yeah Vicky Gunvalson is a second wave feminism <laughs> icon. You heard it here first. You folks. heard it for second wave emphasis on second. But no, she I mean, I just love that line. And it's such a 
It's such a perfect touch point for season one because it was, you know, a reflection of where Gina was in her marriage and where Vicky was in her marriage. And both of them sort of being like, well, you're going to get it. It's just a matter of like, how are you going to get it? It was sorry to be clear. Vicky was trying on a very expensive diamond necklace, I think, and was trying to decide what she was going to do, whether she's going to buy it or not. But anyway, that to me, to have Gina say that line and then be filled with such contradiction of spending (laughs) endless money. I put money in your account so there aren't any overdraft fees, you know, like, oh my God, no. I got like a a prepaid like gift card from my parents. They were like, she's not even going to know what an overdraft fee is. Isn't that kind of in line though of meaning like her being like, you can't take it with you, meaning like you can't die with your money. So why not spend it? Oh, okay. That's a good way of thinking of it. I mean, I still don't agree with you, but that is a good way of thinking of it. Me or Gina? No, you. I think I don't think she meant it that way. Oh, yeah. Oh. I feel like she was kind of, it was a commentary on the rich culture of Orange County. Oh. You know, like, it's just money. Like, it's not a big deal. Money is money is money. You know what I mean? I feel like you're like. Oh, no. I think, actually, no. I think you're right. I think that it was. Because she isn't one of those moms that's walking around at least from what I remember in head to toe designer having to go get she wasn't and maybe because she wasn't like a Lori where she was like so focused on her looks the entire time at least outwardly so I thought her commentary was a commentary on how people in Kodo can be I think that makes sense y'all this is why delivery is important because I was reading it on my little paper and I was like well reading it honey I think she was saying this but replaying it in my mind the inflection yeah I think okay both are iconic but I just think that it was so ironic after all the money she spent this season but anyway I'm so curious on your Joe feelings what about it you gotta you gotta lead this ship I'm okay I can't can't. you know I'm not like particularly obsessed with Joe or have like a deep hatred for her Uh for me Joe kind of was like I do think you know and with all of these women they had the casting for this season was incredible because they all had such different versions of what it meant to be a housewife totally and I think Bravo was so smart in doing that because really like I said earlier they only had two a group events in the whole season but we were so captivated by these women's lives that like that's why we kept coming back yeah and for Joe she was this like young and free woman who was suddenly tied down like had she Past go collected two hundred dollars, <laughs> or you know an American Express black card, mm-hmm. uh, and suddenly had like two children, uh, this <laughs> huge home. She had a car that was not hers that Slade reminded us of all the time, and I just feel like the role that she played, she was our eyes in. You know, if we're talking in writing terms, like she was the eyes kind of into the show, mm-hmm. into Coda. Like she, we kind of learned all this stuff because she was also kind of learning it. Yeah. So I think her function was really important in that way. And what I will say is her bored and alone sitting on top of her counter on her flip phone in her like, what was it? Like a burgundy velour tracksuit. Oh, Come it, on. A I, moment in time. It, that was Eva Longoria, Desperate Housewives. Like I was like, this oh, is the, like here we are. That's why you like her. Okay. I didn't say I like her. No, no. Okay. Sorry. But that's why. But that moment I was like, oh, this is who she is. And it was just such a great visual for what that character's arc on the show was going to be, I felt. Xavier loves The Desperate Housewives. This is all clicking to me. It's like, you know when someone tells you who they are and you don't believe them and then they say something and you're like, oh, he literally told me who he was and I forgot. (laughs) Um, No, I understand. Here's the thing about Joe. There is so much about her that makes sense, like, you know, in the way that she was portrayed in the show as, like, this 
person who's 24 and how could she be tied down by someone with Slade who has, what was it, two or three children? Two children. And he wants her to be kept, or I'm basically, he's basically keeping me. You know, there's so much that should make sense. And I always have a soft spot for the character who was our eyes into the show, Mm -hmm. which in a way I sort of felt like was Lori this season. I say that cautiously and not confidently because I felt like Joe was such a flop and all of her lines were written by some 40 year old horny producer. I feel like her and Slade's relationship was like this cosplay of this gross producer who was like, this is what she would say. And now this is what Slade would say. Like that Boa scene is one of my least favorite scenes of Housewives ever. You've heard me complain about this. I definitely agree that she, I could see her being someone who could be easily, because I certainly don't think these shows are written for necessarily, but she could be easily produced for sure. And I think she wanted to be produced. I think that, you know, something, she interrupted the flow of me watching a reality show because I felt like she was like, oh my God, I'm on a reality show. What do I do? Mm-hmm. And it's like, just be yourself because I can tell underneath this annoying personality where she's acting like a ditz and whatever, she's funny. Like, there's a moment where she and Kimberly go, I think it's Kimberly, they go to play tennis. Sure do. And then she's like, they're buff, you know? And it was, she kind of said it in a different tone than what she says, the, the tone that she talks in the rest of the show. And it was unscripted because I felt like her entire appearance on the show was scripted I I just did not enjoy her I was tempted to fast forward through her so many times but I didn't for the sake of this podcast and (laughs) I um yeah I just felt like you know when you're watching like a Michael Bay movie and it's like I do not yeah I do do (laughs) like I'm sorry did you remember me saying gay earlier um (laughs) did you hear femme did you hear femme did you hear femme (laughs) you know when you're watching like a Transformers or like a movie written by like I have seen Transformers thank you so much Wow, he went to film school. Um, (laughs) But you know when you're watching Transformers and like the Megan Fox character comes up or something like that and you're like, oh, clearly some like horned up 50-year-old wrote her lines and the way that she's acting. That is what I felt like with Joe. And I was having such a hard time enjoying her because I felt like she was putting on so much. And even if she and Slade really did have fights and really did break up that many times, I didn't care. And I know that that's not, you know, productive for this podcast, but I had such a hard time enjoying her and taking her seriously because I felt like she was so overproduced saying things like I thought what it when she and Slade had a fight at the bar and she was like I didn't think I was marrying a pussy or whatever she said do you know am I am I remembering that incorrectly <laughs> did she say that I thought like maybe not pussy <laughs> I could have sworn she said pussy oh maybe I might have blacked possibly out. cut this out we will fact check this later <laughs> but um famously I am wrong sometimes um but I really thought she said something under her breath but no I just think that um I was disappointed in her and for who she was and what we should have expected from her I didn't like scenes where she's like you know I just want to go out and pray with my friends and like babe can you come get me oh it's three o'clock in the morning not two o'clock in the morning oops it just is annoying to me so I I agree that she was overly produced. I do bump when you say that things were written for her. I don't think that's true for me mm-hmm. because we let's remember she was 24 years old. She's four years older than Ashley and Ashley had like a similar cadence and similar way she spoke. So I think she was encouraged. I absolutely think she was encouraged and produced. You know, what's so funny too. I want to touch on one of my favorite things about the season that I think was really smart was Joe and Kimberly's friendship because I found it being something that we could go back to mm-hmm. and it kind of being like as a writer, like a vessel to get information out. And I thought that was really interesting. And like when they're standing back, like I thought that moment was hilarious when they're watching yeah. the other tennis place and they're like uh we're not gonna do this mm-hmm. <laughs> like I thought that was incredible not a Joe stand, but like I don't know the thing that's tough about Joe is Joe and Slade's relationship and I think like as you were talking so that that was some of the stuff that bumped for you as well and it was just tough like seeing him kind of pimp her out to like 
you know, his potential colleagues and stuff like that was just hard. And it did really put her in a box in a lot of ways that she was like dying to get out of. But at the same time, you can't save the damsel if she loves her distress. You know, like, what is that? Like a gossip girl quote or something? And, <laughs> and it's like, or something. take that Michael Bay. No, it's, <laughs> and but it's true. It's like, I think Joe like thrived in that. And I think to your point in like the finale, when she, they have that huge fight, he bulldozes the poor rose bush or whatever it was. Poor roses. I know. Why did he have to do that? What did the roses ever do to him? But the shot that the camera person got of the roses on the ground iconic Icon. I was I mean, like I was like okay here we go here we go here we go and wasn't that in the trailer it was I, so it, him good. backing yeah. up was in the trailer I was like, yeah oh wow what's that gonna be and, and it's like that? and then she comes back though and she like sobs into his arms and I was like I feel like we missed a scene yeah. <laughs> I was like what happened in the in-between my problem was I feel like we missed a scene and I didn't care that was my issue I How mean you really did not like her no and I thought like to stay with someone who would say she's from Peru so many things escape her you'll have to excuse her and then pet her like a dog yeah that was there's there are lines and I mean again I know it's 2006 and no one cared no excuse. you know but it just I don't know Slade was from the beginning like I liked lines when he 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 was of course performing for the camera because this was his dream to be was on this camera. when he was in his boxers working out with a, uh, a face mask <laughs> oh no I forgot oh, oh, oh my god different time cool, cool American cool. Psycho vibes but no and I also definitely feel like a producer like oh my god tell him to do that he's not uh, gonna get it I mean it is pretty well documented at this point that Andy Cohen definitely had a thing for him in the early <laughs> season. So like it all Andy. when people show you who they are, believe them. Oh we see you, Andrew. God. I mean, with Slade when he said things like, you know, oh, we're rich, we don't have to be good. When he was when they were golfing, I was like, that'd be funny if someone else said it. And you know, I will say one thing about Slade, to his credit, for some reason when I think back, I just hit my face on the mic. When I think <laughs> back to She really cares, she really cares, she really cares. <laughs> Cut to Joe's going to be her favorite next Cut to Joe's my favorite. No, spoiler <laughs> alert, she isn't. Um, but I think that when I think back to like house husbands being a huge part of this of franchises, I always think Joe Gorga. I don't ever think of Slade. I think of Slade as being like this fly that like won't go away. Slade was front and center for this. And Slade was a huge part of why husbands got to be included. So mm-hmm. I will give him credit for that. You know, he, he danced and first. he performed and and he was whatever house fiance, but good for him. And thanks to him, we got some great husbands late. We get a lot of great Don Gullivelson um, things later. You, I loved you saying he was a house fiance because you know, it irks this man that he never made it to house husband status either time. We'll day. get to that yeah, later. We'll get to that. Don More on that later. How did we not talk about Don Gunvalson, who I love and adore? When that man smiles, I like light up. We love. <laughs> this is also a Don Gunvalson stand account. Sorry, literally half of half of Vicky's family. I love Don. I love. There's a great Gina line next season oh with my Don. God, I love Don. We'll get to that. I but love Don. I love Don, and I think what was heartbreaking too was like he could probably afford to not work and just like relax, you know, instead of working out. He he mentioned not working at Home Depot anymore. It's like Vicky, you clearly have a lot of money. Can you just leave? him alone like let him just take care of the house Don is just and Allie can attest to that the fact that I've been into this lately like oh uh, Don is just like a, a simple man yes like who yeah. wants simple things yeah. and is living and I don't mean that in any negative way no 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 we love I him I often joke when my life gets too stressful that I want to move to Montana and marry a rich rancher and <laughs> be a kept woman femme <laughs> like I, it's what I want it's what I crave and to me like a Don Gunvalson I don't know like he's just like that simple man that you just yeah. adore yeah. Uh, 
he is comfort. He is in the midst of this insane sort of world of housewives and Kodo and fame. It's like him in a Hurley shirt, just like waiting to pass <laughs> you a Coors Light and ask what you want to watch on TV. And that's what every with housewife secretly wants with a smile on his face. And, you know, Vicky chooses to work late instead of like going could, home and being home with him. And the funny thing, too, about Don is he could only be with a Vicky. Yeah. Like, like I could not see that man with any other <laughs> woman on the cat. Like, yeah. he can only be with a Vicky. Someone like that has to be with someone who has such a strong personality that yes. it will, like, knock you over with the a feather. Like, right. I don't know. I mean, I also should be transparent, but my relationship with my longtime boyfriend, who's I've been with forever, he is essentially a Don and I am essentially a Vicky. So I say this being overly critical of Vicky because at, at some points I definitely identify with her. The fact that you, I, I wow. did it. Were you thinking I, it and you weren't going to say it? I love this so much that you just compared yourself to Vicky I almost did. in any capacity. You guys kind of are though, a Vicky and a Don. Yeah. It's like a strong personality and a quiet man yes, who, we who just wants the simple things in life. <laughs> My boyfriend is waiting for me at home on the couch to pass me a Coors Light to ask what we want to watch. <laughs> and he's, yeah, he just wants to like take care of the house and relax. I don't have a house. I live in LA. I live in a shitty apartment. Oh, but oh, oh, oh. I, Brittany Jean, Brittany Jean, Brittany Jean. <laughs> don't live in Kodo. Don't live in but no, I, th- I think just but, that to say, like, we love that type of house yes. husband because it's so rare to have someone who's kind and emotionally there for you. And doesn't care about the show or the cameras or yeah. anything. Slade, not that man. No, Slade, not that man. Slade and, would be a housewife if he could. And I think that's what, I don't know, I think Slade brought Joe down a little bit. Totally. I think she's probably on the show because of him. And yeah. Actually, oh, so totally. like, it's yeah. like a, it's a, it's a a push and a pull but yeah so okay so your strong joe thoughts okay i respect that yeah i I think it's more disappointment than anger or hatred or anything because i should like her and i don't and that disappoints me (laughs) underrated moments of the season i have to say one of my (laughs) one of my favorite moments of the season poor bianca Poor Bianca making the prank phone calls in the hotel room. (laughs) It was so funny, though, to, like, see them kind of having fun and then to see it so quickly. They're sending a police officer. Oh, my God. The best part about that was them staring at themselves in the mirror as they were calling their parents. Mom, I don't know what was going on. I didn't do anything. And then Kimberly being like, oh, well, you did make some prank calls, didn't you? (laughs) That segment was was great. It was just so funny to me. I loved it. I loved it, too. I was sad we didn't get more Bianca content. That's that's one thing I'll say, you know, not to go back to Kimberly, but like you could tell Kimberly was a very good mother. Totally. 100%. Yes. Okay. One of my favorite moments was... um, I mean, it's not that deep. It's not an entire scene, but it was when Vicky and everybody were on their way to the diamond party. And Vicky goes, it's like a Tupperware party for millionaires. (laughs) Is that on your list? Right here. It's like a Tupperware. Because I thought to myself, I am so angry I didn't write that line. Like that as a writer, you're like, oh, there are certain things that these women say I will forever be upset that I didn't think of. That one was genius. A hundred percent. Okay. One of my underrated moments that I loved. Okay, as this is another writer thing. As a set piece, the bunnies. <laughs> <laughs> like starting episode two with the bunnies and, you know, sorry Peta, no bunnies were harmed in the making of this podcast. Oh but like the the shooting or the attempted shooting of the bunnies, the disturbance that the bunnies were causing, it was so smart because it helped 
connect the women because Joe was going through it. Vicky was going through it. Gina was going through it. Shane was out here with a, wow. a whatever he had, a gun, which was terrifying, which also came one of my favorite Gina lines when she was like oh. telling Shane to be careful. And he was like, I got him, mom. And she was like, Shane, you drop baseball sometimes, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was incredible. That but was incredible. I thought the bunnies as a set piece, A++. I Something you should know about me is that I love animals, so I didn't enjoy bunnies being killed um, like Xavier we who hates animal. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Wow, she's coming for my neck. No, I agree that that was a great set piece. I think of it for a different reason because to me, all I could think of during that time was eat the rich. It was such a commentary, a classist commentary to say it. I mean, I'm saying it incorrectly, but it was such a they're eating my flowers, kill them. <laughs> you know, it's kind of crazy that they were like, get this teenager with a shotgun to come and kill them. Yeah, but it was you know? so small town. It was so small town. And it started like the little Shane right. and and Joe thing, yeah. which we didn't even really touch on. Because it's fake, but uh-huh. Do you think it's fake? I just... I think they had a flirtation. I'm sorry, I'm being annoying, but I just think so yeah. much of Joe this <laughs> season... No, I am. But I think so much of Joe this season is rehearsed, so I had a hard time enjoying it. But this is... Hold on, this isn't a Joe thing that I'm about to say when remember in their first group event when Shane reads Slade like a book to his mother and he's like he's so intimidated by her <laughs> I was like oh my gosh Shane that is the wisest thing you have yeah. said I was like he is assessing the Joe and Slade situation so well I was yeah. very impressed yeah a smaller moment, but I liked Lori connecting with her daughter over ha- horse riding when she was like, maybe this can be your thing. Because obviously it was a hilarious rich woman moment of being like, maybe we should be horse riders to get when it's like, my mom's like, you want to go play city basketball this summer? But there was no, you know, there, <laughs> no, you're not Brittany getting a Jean, uniform. Brittany Jean, Brittany yeah, Jean, Brittany no. Jean. <laughs> so I was immediately like, wow, I wish I was, you know, but I think it was such a sweet moment in the midst of all this chaos. She does have this very young daughter who is still sort of forming as a person, especially her young formative childhood years. And I thought it was such a nice break from everything. I was thinking of her young daughter this whole time because I just thought how shitty it must be to have a mom who has to worry about oh, one kid who's in juvie, one kid who's partying all the time, who's in and out of the house or whatever. She never gets to just have fun mom time and on camera at least. Yeah. So I loved that that moment and her connecting it to her childhood and riding horses. It's something that kind of breezed by me the first time I watched the show. And this time I was like, oh, I'm happy that she got that. Her, yeah, because it's like this notion of I'm not a parent, but I could imagine like if you've had children who've really struggled and then you have a young child, it's like, okay, what can I like, not to say it's her fault in any capacity, but it's like, what can I do differently? What yeah. can, can I make sure that Sophie has, you know, X and X, like an outlet to channel frustration. So I, that is a very touching moment. Yeah. Another underrated moment I loved is the first editor shade that we will come to obsess over as Housewives theory goes. But the first editor shade happened in the pilot. And it was when Matt Keogh was talking and he said, as fast in sports as you can go up, I mean, you can go down even quicker. And as he's saying it, it shows that he was in uh, a Major League Baseball All-Star in 1978. And then as he said the line, and you can go down even quicker, it said, and in 79, he was a losing pitcher 14 games straight. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow. the shade. And it makes you think, was he mean to the camera crew? You oh, know? They were like, we're going to get you. I always wonder that because also in the earlier seasons, they didn't really have cause, like, People weren't really looking out for that. Like, yeah. we're looking out for it now. I didn't even pick up on that. I just thought, it's like, oh, so you know, the only other time I think that they did that was Joe's with the, when they zoomed in on her drinking, which I was like, whatever, <laughs> you know, obviously. But that is hilarious. I didn't even catch that. Oh, God, Matt, that stressed me out, that whole situation. Okay, mine is just a silly little simple one. When 
Shane throws the deck of cards at Kara's face. <laughs> the way that like angered me though. And she just <laughs> looks at the camera. She doesn't even react. It was perfect sibling anger and sibling rivalry. It was a perfect wordless moment. They literally just cut to the next scene. I just rage ran through my body. Ra- Rage ran through my body because I have an older brother, so I know those shenanigans that they think they can just do anything. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, speaking of, Colton's poor stutter. I know. I was like, the anxiety that. that this poor kid has around his older brother. Oh, my gosh. But yeah, the, we'll we'll talk about those those three more as seasons go on. And but Gina like, happily laughing, being like, now that he's gone, <laughs> the stutter's gone. It's like, what? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Oh, Gina. She tries her hardest. Um, or does she? Yeah. And also, I'm the older ch- child throwing the deck of cards at the younger child. So maybe tracks, that's why tracks, I love that tracks, moment. Tracks. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. So my last underrated moment is something I actually want to start doing with you when oh. I see you is anytime, <laughs> is anytime Vicky went, how many daughters do I have, Brianna? <laughs> One. <laughs> how many daughters do I want by the end of the trip? One. One. I love it so much. <laughs> so anytime I see Allison or she leaves me, I'm going to be like, how many Allisons do I have? One. How many Allisons do I want by the next time I see you? <laughs> Tell it me is, you have mom energy without telling it, me you have mom energy. Hit me. Yeah. Hit me. I'm same. Literally, everyone has always told me this all my life. I yes, am a mother. Same. Same. Honestly, and that's I'm a grandmother low key, but like, listen, all of it. <laughs> and I'm a mother. <laughs> that is but so I great. love that so much. It brings me so much joy. I um I love that. I forgot about that. Their relationship, even though Vicky is hard on her, like you can tell Brianna loves her so much. Yeah. And as we know, a little snippet, like that relationship continues to give and give yeah. and give for better or worse. So I'm excited to like go on that journey with them, but Same. knowing that they're mother daughter and they are always going to come out with each other, hopefully, yeah. thankfully. But we shall see. My final favorite moment of the season that got me choked up and was my favorite moment of the entire season, the whole thing, that kind of changed the way that I'm going to look at the series going forward. It was a Vicky Gunvalson line, a Victoria Gunvalson line. Are you line. a Victoria Gunvalson stan? No, stop that. I, listen, the podcast has oh God, said trying otherwise. Trying to put me in boxes, trying to put me in boxes. Um, I loved... Okay, I forgot that she had so many health issues and that she talked about it early on. Mm -hmm. I knew she had health issues and like, spoiler alert, she does talk about that later when other people in her life have health issues. And I just forgot how much it shaped her. And Vicky wanting to like go out and party and be the fun person. You know, when I look back on it, I always thought of it as like desperate mom or wanting attention or thinking this is what you need to do to be cool or like a weird way to unwind. But when she framed it in episode eight, as I learned to live life to the fullest and to have the best time. I'm like getting choked up now. I never have thought, because I mean, spoiler alert too, like Vicky becomes famous for one of her phrases. Should I say it? Go ahead. Whoop it up. Yeah. Time to whoop it up. Um, <laughs> It's deeply annoying to me. I don't think it's funny, but this is now, now that I see her through this light and that she's not putting it on for the cameras, the core of it at least it's really something that she does, you know, when she goes out and has fun in Mexico, has fun with her friends, whatever. It's because she had this traumatic experience while she had children when she was a child. And I don't know. I just, that was so touching to me. And I forgot that that was the way that she framed why she has fun. Yeah. She wants to live life to the fullest. And she, that's something she always says. So I loved that in the finale. It's interesting because yeah. for me, that kind of came out of nowhere. I think I just forgotten maybe. Yeah. And I still am a little confused on it. So I'm looking forward to watching like more seasons because yeah. I don't remember a ton. Like when she, she said it just so casually that yeah. I was just like, wait, what? I don't know. So yeah, I'm curious about more of that too. She doesn't bring it up till 
seasons later when someone else in her life has health issues that are some adjacent to them. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh yeah, I forgot she had health issues because even though she makes everything about herself, she never really shows her weaknesses that much. Mm -hmm. It's always, I need to do better. It's never like, here's what I'm really bad at, you know? Yeah. It makes sense that it's in the foundation of who she is. Okay, so I think we should talk about the game just a little bit because there's not a ton of game in this first season. No, no, no. But two things that I did think were, you know, the game and Housewives, which is one of the reasons I love the show in general, is the further we go, the more in-depth it'll be. Mm -hmm. But it was pretty basic here. There were two moments that I felt that were gamey. One was just like how the chips fell, the Joe and Lori of it all. Okay. I was like, this is a perfect example and how they unrolled it, unraveled it like in the finale and whatnot. I was like, this is a perfect example of enticing the audience for another season. Uh I'm sure they didn't know they were coming back at that time, but like that was so smart that that happened. Yeah. And I mean, the whole season, Lori was clearly thirsting after Slade when she was like, do you have a brother? She was like, you know, like the whole, how old old is he? (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Like she had her sight. Yeah. The reason she didn't know who Joe was is because she literally only had eyes for Slade. Um, (laughs) But like, so that was very apparent. So I thought that was very smart. But then the actual, the only gamey bit really was also in the finale. And when they're talking about their kids and the public perception and Gina, you know, here's what she says. She says, I did have a little issue where the one guy said all the children are a four letter word except for Josh. And I'm thinking, okay, wait a minute. I've got a 4.6 and Josh is getting higher reviews to which Lori was like, actually, Josh is very intelligent. It was like Gina kind of being a little salty yes. and cutting Josh down and setting up the scene for Gina. Yes. That's who she is. And, and, and Lori isn't the type to, if that, if she had done it to Vicky, Vicky would have thrown her in the pool. <laughs> um, but like, you know, like Lori was the type to just be, you know, to be like, well, like he is really smart. If he yeah. applied him to so like, she defended him, of course. But like, that was the first little inkling where I was like, Oh, this is what houses will eventually become. Yes. And I was, it, it was interesting. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. I think I, because I just felt bad for her because it must have been so terrible to ha- have gone through that. And I think the only person who was super supportive of her, at least outwardly, was Vicky when she was hugging her and saying, you're, you're a good mother. You've been there for him. And then to have Gina go in and say, it's like, okay, fuck off, Gina. That mm-hmm. was so like, you know, I don't yeah. know. That was definitely shade. And also Vicky shade to Joe that in that same scene when she was like, you look like an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> You know Vicky's going to give it to you. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, But no, I loved that. I think that if I had to rate, like, giving parlaying off of that thought but underdog and underrated the person who played the game the best it has to be Lori because to me I know I know but the way I just rolled my eyes y'all rolled his damn eyes but to me it's like she was so pathetic at the beginning of the season and I I just said it but she was so pathetic at the beginning of the season and you you thought she was just going to be going on this downward spiral where she was just like this has been wannabe playboy girl and yes. I feel like she just rose higher and higher and higher and was Not like sure so beloved at the end of the season by the fans wow the way that you're shutting me down I just think she played the game well because she was like I'm thriving and she was like in everybody's sort of business she ended up having that Joe and Slade storyline I just think she was someone that could have easily been tossed away as a husband mm-hmm. and with a, t- a struggling family life why are you on housewives and she persevered and like made that brand work for her and that was interesting to me mm-hmm. go ahead try to no, prove me wrong no i'm not <laughs> i know i'm genuinely processing because i didn't i don't mean to shut you down no but i 
I think time. I feel about maybe Lori how you might feel about Joe. Yeah. Not quite as strong. I think you feel strongly sure. about Joe yeah, because you. you literally wouldn't engage in the conversation. Yeah. Uh, Sorry. Just, just kidding. Just I'm kidding. Fi- just I fire kidding. myself. Yeah. <laughs> the thing with that you're saying about Lori, like I hear, and I think maybe I feel that way about her if we look at her series journey. I didn't quite get that from this season personally, but I'm open to it. I'm mm-hmm. o- I'm curious because, you know, things happen with her and I'm very excited to get into those. Um, I, I don't feel that way for this season personally. Yeah. I think, you know, if there were an underdog, I guess I could see how you would think Lori's an underdog. The only options for underdog are Lori and Joe. Right. Those are the only two options. Right. One of us is going to lean Lori. One of us is going to lean Joe. Right. And, you know, that's what makes the world go round. It's the Christian thing to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like... I think Joe is the underdog for me, I guess, just because that eyes in perspective really helps cement me in the show. And she just had, in a way, the most to lose because Lori had already lost it, you know? But, like, Joe, you know, she's not with this man, which is really sad. But if she's not with this man, like, she doesn't have the car. Like, at one point, I was genuinely like, oh, where's Joe going to go tonight? Like, I, like, you know, I was just like, so it was interesting in that way. Okay, for our last segment, I think we should play a little game called Hired or Tired. Picture it, Allie. We are Bravo executives. I'm there. These ladies' headshots slide across our desk, and we have the power to say who is hired for season two or who is tired and needs to go. I'm drunk with power. (laughs) Okay, are you ready? Yes. Victoria Gunvalson. Hired. Hired. Obviously. Come on. Joe. Hired. Tired. Oh, oh, girl. Okay, we'll touch on that in a second. Lori. Hired. hired. Gina. Hired. hired. Kimberly. Hired. hired. Oh, okay. I would hire all of them. I think all of them played their role this season. I think they would all deserve to come back. Do you genuinely think Joe should not come back or do you think it's because you really do not like her? I don't think Joe should come back because I don't think she brought anything to the show or at least she didn't bring what was sort of promised to us by her character of the eyes in Takoto, like a normal person's eyes in Takoto. Um, I would rather have another person who was like her mm-hmm. brought in. I don't need to see Slade again. Unfortunately, we do see Slade again. But, you know, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take fast. the wheel. Oh, God, leave him behind. Um, um, but yeah, that I would like a joe like character but not her i i hear that i disagree you know i think joe did what she needed to do i think slade is you know as we see he becomes such a part of the show mm-hmm. that dynamic and the friction that they had i understand higher for me yeah oh my gosh season one of real houses of orange county episode one of housewives theory in the books oh my god so exciting this is just one episode i'm so excited for everything we have coming up y'all we are just getting started we hope that this podcast lasts as long as the anticipation of she by sheree oh. <laughs> <laughs> how did i not see that coming it's gonna be years <laughs> Please don't let the website crash. Please let this upload work. And if you wanted to follow us on social media, you can follow us on Instagram at Housewives Theory. And if you wanted to follow us on Twitter, not X, Twitter, (laughs) uh, you can follow us at HW Theory. And just let us know what you think, what you were doing while you listen to this podcast. I'm a laundry and podcast girl. I'm curious about you guys. Uh, And just let us know your thoughts. We'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. We want to chat about all things Housewives. Mm. And next week's episode will be season two of Real Housewives of Orange County. Because as Allison and I said earlier, we are going to tackle this franchise chronologically. And we hope that you are with us for the entire ride. Yes, we do. (laughs) <laughs> okay, on the count of three. Ready? One, two. Candy coated nuts. <laughs> oh my God, we wish. <laughs> Talk to y'all next week. 
And, and now, now we've said, said it. it. Bye. Bye.